Okay, everyone, how's everybody doing? Let's get rolling here. Everyone is having a wonderful weekend. Uh, welcome back to the Banker Next Door podcast. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Today, we're going to be doing a review of the new movie, Dumb Money, the GameStop story. Uh, I hope everyone will find this interesting. So let's uh, get right into it. Um, so the GameStop story, uh, so the GameStop story here, uh, let's run down. So, uh, this is basically a brand new release. It started in 2023. The runtime of the movie is approximately one hour, 45 minutes. The movie was directed by Craig, uh, Gillespie. And the cast is an excellent cast, starring Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, America Ferreira, Nick Offerman, Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, and Seth Rogen. So the overview of the movie is, I, I, want, I think it's better to introduce the players in the movie. So you have the Robin Hood, which is, for anybody who doesn't know, is the trading app. You have Citadel, one of the largest hedge funds, if not the largest hedge fund in America. Uh, Melvin Capital, which was another smaller hedge fund. Kind of Wall Street in general, uh, retail traders in general, which were referred to as the dumb money. Uh, the time frame of this basically unfolded over 2020 and 2021, basically during at the height and as of the pandemic as it played out. Uh, this was the retail stock craze basically over what was called the stunk stocks, which was mainly GameStop and AMC. Uh, this also had to do with the usage of the Robinhood trading app and how that usage really exploded over this period. And we'll get back to that in just a second. Uh, this was also about how hedge funds basically got caught in what was known as a short squeeze. And then finally, you know, Wall Street really becomes aware of the power of Reddit uh, during this during this entire uh, period here. And so, so what happened here? So what was the over? And again, I some spoiler alerts here. If you haven't seen the movie, a couple couple spoilers here, but I'm going to try not to, not to to you know get rid of too much here. So I'm just I just again I want to provide everybody with kind of an overview here. So, uh, so this movie basically what happened was so if we take a step back for a second, we go into the pandemic. So the pandemic hits in early 2020, roughly you know March April timeframe of 2020. Everything gets shut down. You know people are working remotely. Uh, the kids are out of school. Everybody's basically at home. So during this time period, uh, you had the the Robinhood app launches, and the Robinhood app, which was really which was really built around uh, what you would call gamification. Uh, they really tried to take a lot of elements of of video games, and they tried to add that into the app. And and so, in other words, to try to make the app more entertaining, more fun. Uh, specifically targeting younger people, it's our, you know, uh, millennials, uh, I would say, I would say younger millennials, uh, Gen Z, uh, they were really going after that, that younger, um, I don't know if you want to say like 18 to third, probably 18 to 34, probably be a good age range to say there for that. So they were really going after that crowd, that, that target market. And with, with all, with everyone basically being home, this was the perfect opportunity for that. Everybody kind of jumped onto this and, and jumped into it. And, and it really, and it really just took off. So then you had hedge funds. So hedge funds were, you know, kind of what I call their normal uh, modus uh, operandi. 
they were be, be issuing a lot at the time called uh, collateralized loan obligations or CLOs. And they were using this in a very real way to, you know, buy companies, um, basically put a lot of debt on the companies and then, you know, sell those companies off. Or if, if they do a lot of short selling and things against a lot of companies, um, one of the books that uh, I'm going to go over here, um, pr I probably won't get to until January, but there's a there's a book ba basically right here, if I can show this, called The the Lords of Easy Money. And I'm going to spend, I'm going to go into this book in great detail and spend a lot of time on it. But, it. but one of the things that it talks about here on the books is collateralized loan obligations and basically how during what was called the ZERP period, the zero interest rate program period by the Fed that uh, CLOs just really took off. And, uh, you know, basically there was just this this endless appetite for debt and uh, because debt was so cheap and it was just just rolling off. So um, so that was just part of kind of what was going on in the in the hedge fund world right now. So they and they would and so but what was going on primarily with GameStop and with AMC was these stocks were being tremendously shorted. Um, and if you could, and, and what happened was if you could buy a lot of shares of those stocks and drive the stock up while those shorts were still in play, in other words, there's still, you know, there's option contracts still out there against that stock. You create, you create what's called a short squeeze against whoever is holding those, those options that are looking to short the stock. Um, and that's really what, that's the crux of what happened here. So while if you were a retail investor and say you bought GameStop at, I don't know, $25 a share, and now it's up at $300, $400, $500 a share, as a retail investor, you're doing great. And that's fantastic news. If you're the hedge fund that's betting against that stock and you've got you've got options out there, you've got a lot of put options out there trying to short that stock, uh, you could be in the hole for millions, maybe even billions of dollars, depending on how much you, you basically how much you've um, bet to the downside put it that way. Uh, so we got, then, then we have kind of Wall Street's attitude toward retail investors and Twitter and Reddit. So, um, and this is one thing I, I could be, I could be wrong about, but I've, I asked, I would, I would probably have to go talk to a good friend of mine, but I, I'm pretty certain I heard this before. Um, professional traders, they use what's called a Bloomberg terminal to, to do their trading. And I'm pretty sure on the Bloomberg terminal, it has kind of a news feature where, where they would basically monitor a lot of activity going on on Twitter, you know, which is now X. Uh, they would monitor a lot of, of activity and things that were going on there, particularly as it related to stocks, to try to give them a little bit of insight into, you know, what was going on on, on social media. But I don't believe that I don't believe that people on Wall Street necessarily uh, as you know, maybe a few people were, but I don't believe as a whole they were really paying attention to Reddit. And what is Reddit? So for anybody who doesn't know, Reddit is is basically like an online forum. Um, a lot of different uh, different boards and forums on Reddit. You can go on there and get into any any different types of many many different types of groups, topics, different things like that. But there was one board on there called Wall Street Bets, where a lot of people who were into a lot of retail investors that were into investing, they would go to Wall Street Bets to just talk about you know what they were doing, the trades that they were making. Uh, people would talk about stocks they like, things that were going on, you know, the, you know stuff of, of that nature. Um, and there was a huge number of people on Wall Street bets, and as this thing unfolded, more and more people got onto Wall Street bets on the on the Reddit site, and just you know, it just kind of, it just like I said, like like any mania that has happened before, it it just it just exploded. So, um, 
and 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 retail and the problem was that Wall Street's attitude toward the retail investors what they was they were considered dumb money. In other words, in other words, retail investors always lose. If you want to use the casino analogy, you know that the house always wins. The players at the casino always lose because you know the house the house of the casino's got the you know game rigged in a certain respect that uh, sooner or later they're going to win. The house sooner or later the house always wins, and that and and Wall Street. Uh, really had this, this has the same kind of attitude toward retail investors, and I and I don't know I, I don't really believe that attitude has has really changed. So, um, so like I said, then you got and, that, and then I think one of the the important questions to ask is was the rise of Robinhood good or bad? Um, I don't particularly have a favorable opinion of Robinhood. Uh, I really did not like what they did. Um, Again, like I said before, Robinhood used gamification. I think they used a lot of uh, what I would describe as kind of cheap psychological tricks. They they adopted a lot of the tricks that a lot of the social media companies use, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, in in ways of getting people that are on there and trading kind of addicted to the action. Um, just as you know, and and just as gamblers can get addicted to gambling on on sports, other things. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, poker games, sports, anything of that nature, you, you can get addic addicted to trading in the same same kind of fashion. And I think that, you know, Robinhood really pried on that and really used a lot of that that psychology. The other thing was that Robinhood did not explain to their customers how they were making their money. Robinhood was the first uh, ad or first platform to come out and basically say, hey, we're going to do no cost trading. We're basically a car. We're going to charge you zero dollars for trading. Uh, and, and making trades and stuff like that. And then that kind of swept through the industry. And you saw like TD, well, when TD Ameritrade was still around, you know, TD Ameritrade dropped their 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 trade cost to zero. And then uh, Charles Schwab did it. Now, now Schwab owns TD Ameritrade. Um, but then you've, see, you've seen a lot of other platforms adopt the same premise of like, hey, we're not going to charge for trading and we're going to drop that. And basically it was Robinhood that kind of kicked that off. Now, in the movie, there was a very, very um, critical scene where the the two CEOs, the founders of Robinhood, are being interviewed, and they're asked, "Well, how do you how do you guys make money?" And it's you know it's basically like, "Oh, well, we we have you know payment order flow, you know." And it's kind of like, "Oh, well, what well, what is that?" And it's kind of like, "Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, Citadel pays us to to get our our trading information, and then and then they you know we we give them our trading information, and they pay us or whatever, and they." They kind of gloss over that real quick, and that is a that is, in my opinion, a very critical thing to understand. Like in a, there, in other words, nothing in life is free. Everything has a cost to it, and that you know that that cost is is hurting retail investors in a very real way. There there are a couple other books that I'm going to get into extensively on this topic. Uh, one is the the very famous book now, uh, Flash Boys from Michael Lewis, which was written back in 2014. It was all about high frequency trading and everything that uh, was going on there with uh, payment order flow. Uh, also Dark Pools. Uh, Dark Pools was written by Scott Patterson, another uh, excellent uh, business writer that I that I really enjoyed a couple of his books. But um, those two books really focus on the inner workings, what you would call the the plumbing of the, the stock market. And there's a, there's a lot to, to kind of unpack and understand there. So um, but I think Robinhood was really taking advantage of a lot of their customers and 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 doing it in a, in a very bad way. And there's some things in the movie you'll see that that you know um, 
yeah, I think they should have gotten in a lot more trouble at, at the end of the day than they did. So, and then we get to our, our main uh, protagonist of the movie, um, uh, Mr. Keith Gill, who operates under a, a stage name, a pseudonym, if you will, of Roaring Kitty on YouTube. He also has a Reddit page where he operated under another name called Deep F in Value, um, which was, a, you know, kind of a funny name. But so and and we'll get into this in a minute here. But uh, but we, but, you know, one of the things that I would like to understand a little bit more is, is it did people really understand that, you know, deep I'll, say, I'll just call it deep value, that deep value over here on Reddit was Roaring Kitty on YouTube. And I'm not sure that people really made that connection and really understood that that was the that was the same same person. So keep that in mind. We'll come back to that in a, in a, in a minute here. So. Um, so what are the kind of pros and cons? What, what did I like and what did I not like about this movie? Well, it was it, the movie had a phenomenal cast. I thought it was a good story. If you've seen the movie The Big Short, it was done in kind of a very similar-esque style to The Big Short where you had a number of different characters in a number of, you know, you had the kind of the hedge fund people. Um, then you had like the retail traders. You had the you, you had our main person Keith Gill. You had his family. So you had a number of different characters and a number of different situations going on here. And while a lot of these people don't necessarily meet or interact in the in the movie, you follow their stories, you know, through to to the end. So you you do see how they kind of end up there as they're as they're going along. So. The cons, um, I didn't really care for the ending. It, it kind of, like, I think they kind of got to the end and it almost felt like they didn't really know what to do. And they just, they just kind of, all right, let's just wrap it up real quick. Um, and, and they left, a, I, th I felt like they left a few things out of the movie that they, that they could have had in. Like, you know, again, it, it, again, the focus here was on GameStop, but there were some, you know, it was AMC. There were some other stocks that were involved in this as, as well. It wasn't just GameStop. But I, I think what they, what they really wanted to capture in this movie was the essence of what was going on at the moment. And just this, this mania and this craze for you know buying these stocks which was fueled by social media and the rise of the robin hood app and you know younger millennials and gen z really getting in to kind of the first the the stock market for the first time through the robin hood app through uh social media with reddit but then um but then how it turned into more than that it turned into uh, almost like a cause of like, hey, we're going to keep buying these stocks and we're not going to sell and we're going to force uh, some of these these hedge funds to pay the price because we're in because we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to we're going to stick it to the man. You know, we're going to we're going to get one back. We're going to get one for the for the little guy. And it, it really turned into kind of a, a working person versus the elite type of situation. Uh, which again made this, I, I think, which is one of the things that made this story uh, so fascinating, so interesting to look at and interesting to study. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be to be learned from this on on all sides. You know, the the, the retail trader side, uh, hedge funds, Wall Street, um, and I think I think this has changed a lot of things. I, I do think that that Wall Street's perceptions of of social media, the power of social media, and how if uh, if they get on the wrong side of, of things, it can go very badly for them. So so, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 sure that there's a lot more attention paid to uh, some of this stuff right now. So ultimately, what was my what's my rating here? OK, I'm giving this movie uh, four stars out of five. 
that's my that's my rating here. Like I said, I, I, I dinged it a little bit for the ending, which I thought could have been a little bit better. And like I said, just some of the, just a couple of things that they they left out. Um, I thought they could have gone in a little bit deeper on on Robin Hood, which they didn't do at the at the end of the day. Um, but you know, but but overall, I, I thought it was I thought it was a very entertaining. It was a very fun movie to watch. It was very entertaining. I thought the director did a good job of just making his point at the end of the day, really hitting on what the crux of the story was, and that was kind of the the mania that developed. Um, the like I said, kind of the the working class versus the elite type of, of situation that it, that it turned into. Um, and then ultimately how, you know, ultimately how things unfolded. And and it was kind of interesting because it, it ended, but it, it it ended, but it didn't end like there were there again. It took a little bit longer, I think, to play out than than necessarily what they had time for to squeeze into an hour and 45 minute movie. But uh, but de definitely highly recommend the movie. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I suggest everybody go on and check it out whenever they have time. Um, you know, right now the movie's out, you know, right here, here it is right here. I mean, right now the movie's out on, on DVD. Um, I'm old school. I like to buy DVDs. Uh, I believe, uh, as an old friend, attorney friend of mine told me a long time ago, uh, possession is nine tenths of the law. So if you're, uh, if you're under 30 years old and you, you don't know what that uh, phrase means, I suggest you Google it. It might be, uh, might be thought provoking for you at the end of the day, but, uh, but, uh, but that said, uh, thank you very much for joining me, guys. If you like this video, please give a thumbs up and please make sure to like and subscribe. Please make sure to go check out thebankernextdoor.com. And, um, you know, again, if you have any comments, please leave the comments. I always try to get back to people as best I can. And uh, please stay tuned. I do have a, a couple of good uh, other episodes coming up here before the end of the year. And I look forward to uh, getting back with everybody real soon. So thanks a lot and enjoy. Have a great week. Talk to you again soon.